Welcome to Straight Up Sports, the podcast, episode nine. I am your host, Andrew Schaefer. In today's episode, it's going to be straight football. So if this isn't your sport, then I would suggest you not listen. Um, Again, I want to thank everybody who does listen. You can find this on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Um, You can also find a link in my Instagram, which is at Schaefenbake. That's at S-C-H-A-E-F-F, the letter N, and then Bake, B-A-K-E. My Twitter as well, which is the same thing as my uh, Instagram. And as I mentioned, today's episode is going to be strictly football. We're going to talk about uh, the NFL head coaches, hirings. There were eight of them. Um, We're going to talk about each team, each hire, and where I think each of those teams need the most help. I also ranked each franchise quarterback 1-32, to so we'll get into that as well. Uh, We'll also talk about the four teams that lost this weekend, the Eagles, Chargers, Colts, and Cowboys, and their off-seasons and what they have to look forward to. And also, uh, we'll recap the two... the. Excuse me, we'll preview the AFC and NFC Championship games between Kansas City, New England, and the LA Rams and New Orleans Saints. Um, but first, I want to start with some breaking news that actually happened while I was prepping for the podcast. Kyler Murray, uh, the Oklahoma quarterback who won the Heisman Trophy, is going to the NFL draft. This is an interesting decision by Kyler Murray. Uh, he was drafted by the Oakland Athletics to play in the outfield for them. Uh, he got a, I believe it was a $5 million signing bonus, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. Uh, he was given a certain amount of money to play baseball for them. He ends up winning the Heisman Trophy, and now he says he wants to play in the NFL. It's a curious decision because in baseball, there's a lot more guaranteed money. And you would think, you know, Kyler Murray, as a young athlete and a freshman, sophomore, junior in college, and he's a young college kid, you would want the most money you can get. But I think winning the Heisman Trophy really kind of clarified something for him that football is where he's best. And I wish the kid the best of luck. A lot of people have done two sports and it hasn't worked out. Charlie Ward won a Heisman Trophy in football, played basketball. Wrong choice, probably. Um, John Elway played baseball and football, chose football, made the right decision. So I think it's it all uh, different. It's Everybody has their own way of going about it. If I was Kyler Murray... I would go to the NFL draft, I would get drafted by whatever team takes me, and let there be a bidding war between Billy Bean, the GM of the Oakland A's, and whatever general manager you get taken by in the NFL, and then decide what you want to do. Now, obviously, in football, there's more, more risk to injury, um, less guaranteed money, but you do have a better chance of standing out because you're a quarterback. So uh, I really think that there's a possibility uh, that you know football could be the wrong choice. I happen to believe... Based on his talent, I think he actually made the right choice. You know, I don't think he really had a choice but to play football because he won the Heisman Trophy. Um, Charlie Ward, like as I mentioned, he's the best comparison. Charlie Ward played quarterback at Florida State but chose to play point guard for the Knicks. And he was a good point guard, but he wasn't an all-star. He wasn't a superstar talent. Kyra Murray's at a much higher level than Charlie Ward. And, you know, I think winning the Heisman Trophy as I mentioned, really made the decision easy for him. If he hadn't won the Heisman, I think he would have gone and played for the A's. Um, but I think a lot of people in his corner were saying, hey, listen, you just won the Heisman, man. You're the best player in the country. Go out and prove it at the next level. And, you know, I think he said, all right, you know, I'll go do that. You know, I'll prove all the doubters wrong. And we'll see what happens. Where is he going to get drafted? I don't think he'll be the top pick. I think people are crazy to say that, you know, because uh, new Arizona head coach Cliff Kingsbury said that he would take Kyler Murray number one if he had a choice. Josh Rosen's a great quarterback. Josh Rosen is the quarterback the Arizona Cardinals. They are not trading Josh Rosen. Um, Kyler Murray will probably go somewhere in the mid, mid to late first round. 
you know, a team that may have a quarterback to give him some time. I do think what an interesting team for him could be a team like Tennessee, a team that, you know, has a, a quarterback that can run a similar offense, but Marcus Mariota really hasn't worked out in Tennessee. And I think a lot of the fans were pissed off that he didn't play in that play-in game against Indianapolis. So I could definitely see him going there. I think Miami could certainly be an option as well, a team that could go into a rebuild. So we'll see how that all shakes out. Um, so I want to jump in. Uh, we'll start with the championship preview and the offseason for some of these teams. Um, so the Eagles, we'll start with them. They lost to the Saints in a great football game. Unfortunately, Alshon Jeffrey dropped the slant route, went right into Marshawn Lattimore's hands. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey is the guy you'd want to throw to in that situation. He would get, he would catch that 100 out of 100 times. And I love what Alshon Jeffrey said after the postgame saying, listen, we lost because I dropped the ball. And, you know, I give Alshon Jeffrey a lot of credit to do that. Um, most guys would shy away from that moment. He didn't. Um, I'm not putting that on Alshon Jeffrey. They lost because the, Sean Payton made a great play call on a fourth and one going with a fake punt. And Sean Payton's been known as an aggressive coach, called an onside kick in the Super Bowl, and he's done some other crazy things. Um, so I, I think it makes a lot of sense why the Saints won. Um, they barely escaped Philly. I, they looked like they were very rusty early on. The fake punt kind of got them going, and I thought Foles played fine, um, but I do think it will be his last game in an Eagles uniform. And that takes me a little bit ahead to the Eagles offseason. So the big thing with the Eagles is they have three free agents that are really big. They have a bunch of others, but some of the bigger names, obviously Nick Foles, uh, Golden Tate as well is a big piece, and, you know, uh, and also Darren Sproles. Now, Darren Sproles is a little bit older. You know, he's a small running back, but I think this guy still has some gas left. I mean, he, he is such a big part of some of these winning teams. He was great in Philly. He was great in San Diego when he was with the Chargers. He was great in, in New Orleans when he was with the Saints. So I really think that um, the Eagles are going to be fine. Carson Wentz is the quarterback going forward. Uh, I think they need a running game. They have to figure that problem out. Jay Ajayi was not really healthy this year. didn't really work out there. Um, so I think that's an issue going forward. Um, Darren Sproles is not a starting running back. He's more of a third down change of pace running back. Uh, you go to Golden Tate. He, was, he came over from Detroit for a mid-level pick. Golden Tate, I thought, had a nice impact for the Eagles. Do I think they're going to re-sign him? I don't know. I think they might go somewhere a little younger. Um, but the receiver free agent market is pretty thin, so I could possibly see him resigning there, but we'll see. And then that takes me to Nick Foles. Um, obviously, he's not the starting quarterback going forward. Carson Wentz is. And I think Nick Foles, to me, is kind of like that bullpen pitcher you bring in to kind of shut the door. That's what Nick Foles is. I, once Nick Foles is named the starting quarterback, I'm not sure it's going to work out. But there will be teams that are interested in him. I think the Giants will show interest. I think the Redskins will show interest now that uh, Alex Smith is out with his serious knee injury. Uh, I think Jacksonville will definitely show interest as well. Another team that needs a quarterback. So he's gonna, Nick Foles will have a market. There is no question that a guy who's won a Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl MVP is not going to have a market. It's crazy. He will have a market. Uh, it's just a matter of who's going to pay up for it. I think two other teams that could be interesting, Miami and Denver. Um, I think Joe Flacco is probably the first option out there, even though 
Um, Nick Foles has probably been better recently. Flacco, I think, has a little more experience as a starter. Um, I think Jacksonville makes the most sense for Foles. I think Flacco makes a lot of sense for Denver. Um, so that's why I see those two guys landing. But again, uh, I don't see Nick Foles coming back next year as, as the Eagles quarterback. By the way, before I move on, I just, uh, I'm a little under the weather today, so uh, I have a cold. So if you hear some swallowing, some drinking, I apologize. Uh, it's because I'm, I have a cold and got some other stuff going on. So, um, so now I want to look at the Chargers. Um, obviously, there was a lot of expectations this year for them. Uh, head coach Anthony Lynn put a lot of expectations. I'm saying we got to get to the playoffs. We've got to go far. We got to get Rivers to the Super Bowl. Well, Philip Rivers ran into Tom Brady for the eighth time in his career, and he's 0 8. So now, what's next for the Chargers? Well, the way they played against the Patriots, Gus Bradley, their defensive coordinator, had no game plan. I mean, he got abused in the first half. He should have resigned at halftime. It was 35-7 to at one point. Um, I just, I, I don't really like what he's done. I mean, he was the head coach in Jacksonville, you know, and he didn't do great there. His best job he did was being the D, was being DC in Seattle when they had the Legion of Boom, but he had the Legion of Boom. You know, with the Chargers, you have Derwin James, uh, Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram. Like you've got some good talent there, but the fact that you couldn't stop Tom Brady is, is a problem. Um, the other thing I think they need help with is uh, an offensive coordinator. You know, again, um, Ken Wisenhunt really did not do a great job getting creative with Rivers. You know, it felt like Rivers wanted to go deep. Like, it felt like every other play. Like, they were trying to test New England's secondary, which I think they should have. But you have to take, you have to take shots at the right time, not every other play. Um, so, I think the Chargers will, could make some changes. I don't know that Anthony Lynn's going to do it because they got to the second round and they lost to probably the best team in football the last 10 years. Um. So I think the Chargers will be fine going forward. They don't really have a lot of free agent issues right now. Um, I think they'll be fine. I still think they'll be in the playoffs next year with Rivers, and I think they'll be fine, as I mentioned. Next is Indianapolis. Now, this was a team that completely overachieved. Remember, this team wanted to hire Josh McDaniels. They, Josh McDaniels backed out last minute. They hired Frank Reich. They went 1-5 to start the year, and they made the second round of the playoffs. So you have to give Coach Frank Reich a lot of credit. Andrew Luck is going to win comeback player of the year. There's no question about it. Um, and there's three good things going for Indianapolis. One is they have $120 million in cap space. That's great because they need some help. They need a running back. They need, I think they need another receiver next to T.Y. Hilton, um, and they could use some defensive linemen. I think they can get some more pressure. Um, the offensive line could use a little more help. Quentin Nelson got kind of bullied by Kansas City. I think that's because he was a rookie and didn't really, you know, he just wasn't ready for that moment. Quentin Nelson's a beast. I mean, he's one of the best offensive linemen in the league already. Um, the young linebacker Leonard they have on defense is tremendous. Um, so I love the way and the direction this team is going. Another thing that's going for them, they have nine draft picks. I mean, that's a lot, you know, and they have a lot of holes to fill. I mean, they could fill it really quick. You know, if you sign, let's say you sign Le'Veon Bell and maybe you trade for Antonio Brown, then look at Indianapolis. They're a huge threat to go to the Super Bowl next year. And the biggest thing, honestly, for them is Andrew Luck is healthy. Nobody knew if Andrew Luck was going to play this year with the shoulder and everything going on. Is he throwing? Is he not throwing? Is he throwing a Nerf ball? Like, what is he doing? 
And he finally got healthy, had a great year. Um, unfortunately, they just lost to a really good team in Kansas City on the road. So I think Indianapolis should be very proud of what they're doing, and they have a bright future ahead of them. And now we go to the Dallas Cowboys. They lost to the Rams. Um, you know, Again, lost to a great team on the road. They were in it for a while. Unfortunately, I think the Rams were just a better football team. I don't think Dallas played bad. Um, I don't think they played great either. Um, Zeke only had 50 yards in that game. That was a big problem. Um, but, you know, I think Dallas will be fine. Going forward, it sounds like Jason Garrett's going to get a contract extension. I personally am not a fan of this. Jason Garrett's been so up and down his whole coaching career. Is he going to get fired? He's not going to get fired. I think he hasn't been fired because Jerry Jones has him on a string. And he's like a puppet. And I think Dallas will hire Lincoln Riley when it's all said and done after Jason Garrett gets let go or when Lincoln Riley decides he wants to come to the NFL. Then Dallas will fire Jason Garrett. A um, few things for Dallas. So that's one of them. Second thing is Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, and Amari Cooper are all eligible for an ex- extension this offseason. Ezekiel Elliott deserves every dollar. Amari Cooper deserves a lot of money. He was a huge part, maybe the best in-trade acqu- in-season trade acquisition I've ever seen in the NFL. Dak is really interesting because I think Dak has been up and down. Like There are times where he looks like he could be a top-10 quarterback, and there's other times where he looks like he could be you know, 18 to 20 in the league in terms of quarterback. Um, I'd probably give him a short-term extension. I don't know if I'd go like five or six years. I'd probably go like like three or four probably and see what you have in him. And then, you know, if things don't work out, then you can always take a quarterback, you know, in the draft and maybe really bring a competitive guy in to go against Dak Prescott. Um, so that just recaps the four teams in the offseason. In terms of the championship games, New England and Kansas City is going to be a fantastic football game. It's supposed to be extremely cold. They said it might be the coldest game ever at Arrowhead Stadium. I'm taking the Patriots. Uh, Tom Brady is on a mission right now. I don't know if any of you have seen the Instagram video that Barstool Sports posted. It's a video of Tom Brady saying that they won and you know we played hard and did everything. And he's listening to 50 Cent's Many Men, which is one of the best songs 50 Cent ever wrote. That's dangerous. And Tom Brady, also in his post-game presser with Tracy Wolfson, said that everybody is counting us out. They don't think we're that good. You know, well, we'll see what happens next week. That's wonderful for Kansas City. I'm taking Tom Brady and the Patriots to get to the Super Bowl again. Uh, I just don't think Kansas City's defense is going to be able to hold up. I really don't. Indianapolis really didn't have the offensive weapons. New England has Gronkowski, Edelman, Philip Dorsett, Chris Hogan. You've got Sony Michelle now at running back. I just I think New England has enough weapons to get past Kansas City. Rams Saints, great game. Um, offensive firepower. If the over under, whatever it is, take the over. Last time I believe there were eighty points scored in this game. Saints won by ten. I think the Rams are looking for revenge, but I'm taking the Saints at home in that building. You saw it against Philly. They're very very tough to beat. What does this mean? It's probably going to be Chiefs-Rams. So everybody start putting your bets on Chiefs-Rams because I'm taking the Saints and the Patriots because I want to see Brady against Breeze. Not that Patrick Mahomes would be bad in the Super Bowl or Jared Goff. I just think seeing two, two of the all-time greats going at it, Breeze and, and Brady, would be really special for the NFL, and I think a lot of people would tune in. Not that they, again, not that they won't tune into the other two teams. I just feel like this is a matchup that people really want to see. 
So now I'm going to get into the last part of this podcast, and that's the uh, the head coaching carousel. So there were eight teams that fired their head coaches. That's um, the Jets, the Dolphins, the Bengals, the Cleveland Browns, the Miami Dolphins, the Green Bay Packers, the Denver Broncos, the Arizona Cardinals, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, so there were eight head coaching hires. I have ranked each coaching hire from one to eight, um, and we'll go from there. So number eight for me uh, was the Cleveland Browns. They hired Freddie Kitchens, their offensive coordinator. Um, to me, this is a desperation move for the Browns. I, I don't know if you, had to- if you had told me six months ago Freddie Kitchens was going to be named head coach, I would have said, what are they doing? I think they hired him because Baker Mayfield wanted him. Um, Baker Mayfield and him have a very good relationship right now. But as we all know, when you hire an offensive coach or any coach in general that is a coordinator, they're not calling the plays anymore for the most part. They're going to hire a coordinator to call them. So Freddie Kitchens hired Todd Munkin, who was one of the finalists in some of these other head coaching positions. I love that hire. Um, but to me, their problem is not on the offense. Their problem is on the defensive side of the ball. You know, they were 13th in offense this year, which I think is really good for a rookie quarterback to be you know, holding down the fort there. They were 30th in defense. Um, and what I mean by that is they were 30th in yards per game allowed. That's a lot. Now, granted, they have a great corner in Denzel Ward. Um, they've got some good defensive pieces. They still need more playmakers on defense, um, pass rush especially, and in the secondary. Um, so I think Cleveland, by hiring an offensive coach, I think they're trying to say, okay, we're going to be like Kansas City. We're going to be like New Orleans. We're going to not really care about the defensive side of the ball. We're just going to put up 50 points a game and see if we can win some games. Um, the defensive coordinator they hired was Steve Wilkes. He was the former head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. He was the defensive coordinator in Carolina before he took the Arizona job. Carolina was always known to have a very good defense. Obviously, they had Luke Keekley, who was a major part of it. They also had Josh Norman at one point, who was a major part of it. Um, so I, I think Cleveland needs to get some more playmakers on defense. Um, but I do think this team is absolutely heading in the right direction. I'm just not sure I would have put Freddie Kitchens as the head coach. I probably would have kept him as the coordinator. Um, Number seven for me is Cincinnati. They hired Zach Taylor, um, the Rams quarterback coach, former Nebraska quarterback. Um, They hired him because he was Sean McVay's quarterbacks coach. This is a Sean McVay hire, and every every organization is now looking for the next Sean McVay. Guess what? There's only one Sean McVay. And, you know, it's the same thing with Belichick. There's only one Belichick. There's only one Parcells. Like, it's very hard for for these skills that a lot of these great coaches have to transfer. It's very difficult. You have to lead a group of men. You have to get them on your side. And, you know, there's a lot of different things that go into it. You know, Sean McVay and Bill Belichick are two very different coaches, but they're two great coaches. And I think that's the unique thing about it. So Cincinnati is taking a chance on an offensive coach in Zach Taylor. He was the quarterback's coach, never an offensive coordinator. He was a quarterback's coach. Cincinnati also said that they are promoting their quarterback's coach, Bill Lazor, to become the offensive coordinator. Now, the biggest problem for Cincinnati this year was their whole team. I mean, their offense was 26. Their defense was dead last. So they just need talent, Cincinnati. Um, Andy Dalton, to me, is not a franchise quarterback anymore. I'll get into that later when we do franchise quarterback rankings. Andy Dalton, to me, is just he's not there anymore. I think they do have some playmakers on offense. I like Joe Mixon. I like A.J. Green, but A.J. Green gets hurt a lot. Um, 
but I like those two playmakers in particular. Um, defensively, they still have Geno Atkins, who's one of the best defensive linemen in the league, but that's really about it for Cincinnati. So I think this team is going to have to go into a little bit of a rebuild. That's why they hired a young coach with no experience for that reason. Number six for me is the Dolphins head coach. Uh, they hired Brian Flores, who is Bill Belichick's linebackers coach. He actually recently just hired Jim Caldwell to be his offensive coordinator. This is another team that's going to go into a deep rebuild. They were 31st in offense, 29th in defense under head coach Adam Gase. Now, the Dolphins, you know, Ryan Tannehill was not really a great quarterback. He got injured for a little bit, you know, this year. He, he just really isn't, you know, a franchise quarterback. Um, their running game was okay. Kenyon Drake is, is a very solid running back. I don't know if he's a long-term answer at running back, but he's a good enough running back for right now. Um, defensively, they have a couple of playmakers. Um, but again, they just need talent. This team needs a ton of it. And I think they're going to be tanking for a little bit. I think uh, somebody had tweeted that they are looking for a quarterback in the 2020 draft. So it sounds like this draft, they're going to try to get some playmakers around Tannehill. And then the following year, they're going to draft another quarterback for um, Ryan Tannehill, to replace Ryan Tannehill going forward. And Brian Flores was hired because he's, again, Belichick guy. Again, you can't become Belichick. It's impossible. You know, it, it really is an impossibility. Um, but Miami just needs talent, really. Number five for me was Green Bay. They hired Matt LaFleur. Now, a lot of people question this hire, and I did it as well because I felt that it was going to be either Josh McDaniels or Pat Fitzgerald, the head coach of Northwestern, to take this job. They went with Matt LaFleur. Now, Green Bay under Mike McCarthy was 12th in offense and 18th in defense. That's middle of the pack. You know, they're a middle of the pack team this year. I believe they were 6-9-1 or 7-9 or 7-8-1. I mean, they were a middle of the pack team. Um, the biggest problem with Green Bay was Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy had a big disconnect. Um, so I think they wanted to bring in an offensive coach who had connections with Aaron Rodgers in terms of not like connections like he's coached him before, but connections like they can connect on certain plays, certain routes, you know, get him an offense that maybe he can run better. You know, and Aaron Rodgers deserves ownership of this offense because, let's face it, he's the, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So he deserves an opportunity to get it on the interview, get it on you know, what kind of offensive mindset Matt LaFleur wants to put them in. Matt LaFleur is also keeping Mike Pettin as the defensive coordinator. Remember, Mike Pettin was a former defensive coordinator for Rex Ryan when he was with the Jets. He was also a defensive coordinator and a head coach for the Cleveland Browns. So Mike Pettin's got some experience. I love the fact that they're keeping him um, because defense is a problem for them. They still need help. Um, Last year, they drafted a kid from Louisville. Uh, I think his last name is Alexander. I'm drawing a blank. But they, they, uh, they drafted a corner last year. I still think they need defensive help. Offensively, Rodgers needs more targets. You know, Jimmy Graham is solid, um, but they need more. You know, Randall Cobb is getting older. Um, they still have Adams, who's a really nice receiver, but he's not a number one. So I, I think Green Bay, you know, is a team that could use some more weapons. Um, do I think they're a playoff team next year? I think it depends what they do in the offseason. I'm going to say no for right now, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, number four, Arizona. Uh they hired Cliff Kingsbury, biggest boomer bust hire of the whole offseason, no question. Dead last in offense, 20th in defense. Um, Josh Rosen's the quarterback. He will be their quarterback. Uh, I, King, in order for Kingsbury to be successful, he needs to hire great NFL coaches. They interviewed John Filippo, the former Vikings offensive coordinator today. We'll see. I think that would be a decent hire for Arizona. 
Um, I'm very curious to see how Cliff Kingsbury shakes out his staff because they do have some talent. You know, you got David Johnson, you got Christian Kirk, a nice slot receiver, but they st- Arizona still needs help on the offensive line and they need a number one receiver. Um, defensively, they have talent. Again, Chandler Jones, um, Patrick Peterson, Buda Baker, they have talent, but again, they need more. Now, they do have the number one pick. I believe it will be Nick Bosa, the DN from Ohio State. That'll help take the pressure off Chandler Jones. Um, I think Arizona will be a better team next year. Playoffs, I think, would be pushing it depending on what they do in the offseason. Number three for me is the Denver Broncos. They hired Vic Fangio, uh, the defensive coordinator from Chicago. Listen, obviously, he's a great defensive mind. The fact that the Bears got Khalil Mack obviously helped a lot. Listening to his opening presser, he sounds like a demanding guy, a guy who's going to want accountability. And, you know, I think he can really take Von Miller and Bradley Chubb to the next level. Yes, they were 22nd in defense, but I really think their biggest problem is offense. Their offense with Case Keenum at quarterback is not a great look. That's why I think Denver is going to go after Flacco, Foles, some of these veteran guys and try to take a stab at it. Um, Because the quarterback class this year is pretty weak. Um, It's pretty thin. So I I think Flacco or Foles will end up in Denver. I think Elway's going to take a legitimate shot at it. Do I think Denver's a playoff team? If the quarterback can play well, I think they have an absolutely decent chance of making it. Um, But they need, again, they need to figure out their running. And yes, Phillip Lindsay's third in offensive rookie of the year voting, but he's also a rookie. You know, can can he keep it going? You know, Emmanuel Sanders is their receiver. He tore his ACL this year. Is he healthy? But I think you got to get Case Keenum some help. If it is Case Keenum or if it is Foles or Flacco, you got to get these guys some help. So I think offense really is an issue for them. Number two for me is Adam Gase, the new Jets head coach. Now, people will say, oh, why is Adam Gase so high? He struggled in Miami. It was a disaster. Sam Darnold's better than Ryan Tannehill, okay? Um, so already that's a positive for Adam Gase. Now, Adam Gase had a lot of injuries to deal with. Um, he also rubbed some players the wrong way because he's a very tough, tough-minded, hard-nosed kind of coach. I think a young team needs that. The Jets need a disciplinarian coach because last year the amount of penalties they took was out of control. I mean, they took so many penalties. And Todd Bowles just let the guys do what they wanted. Players showed up late and they still played. I mean, I just I don't understand what Todd Bowles was doing. I'm glad Todd Bowles is gone. Um, you know, and now Adam Gase will come in, work with a young quarterback. Remember, Adam Gase worked with Peyton Manning. He worked with Tim Tebow. He was the offensive coordinator when Tim Tebow won his playoff game against Pittsburgh. He, he helped Jay Cutler kind of revive his career in Miami for a season. So I think Adam Gase deserves a little bit of, um, slack for that. I think the Jets fans should cut him some slack. But I will say this, I have never seen two fan bases more frustrated about coaches' hirings than the Knicks and the Jets. Uh, I mean, these are two franchises that are just in shambles. And every coach they hire, somebody has a problem. Somebody has a problem with it. Fisdale, oh, we don't like him because he's, you know, he never coached a championship team. Adam Gates, oh, he coached Miami, had Ryan Tannehill, didn't do anything with him. You know, I mean, you got to give the guy a chance. I mean, first of all, this is more about Mike McCagnan. He needs to get some receivers, offensive line, defensive line, corner. He's got so many holes to fill. So I'm not putting this on Adam Gase. And, you know, this is on Mike McCagnan. Mike McCagnan has to get this right or Mike McCagnan will get fired. 
And the number one coaching hire for me was Tampa Bay. They brought in Bruce Arians. Um, I liked Bruce Arians in Arizona, left because of some health issues and you know, had some interesting things go on there. But again, they were the third best offensive team last year. The reason they were so bad is because defensively, they were a disaster. I mean, they were 27th in defense. They hired Todd Bowles to be the DC. I, I actually really like this move for Todd Bowles because now he, he's in control of the defense. He doesn't have to run the offense and answer all the questions and you know, be as quiet as he can be. You know, he can coach the defense, call the blitz packages. You know, he can do all those kinds of things. Tampa Bay needs two things, defensive talent and a running back. Um, and then they'll be fine. I think a lot of people picked up last year to make the playoffs, didn't work out. Um, I think if they can get a running back like Le'Veon Bell and if they can get some defensive talent, I think this team has a legitimate shot to make the playoffs. So that's my, my two cents on the NFL head coaching hires. Um, in the last little bit here of this podcast, I want to talk about uh, fr- the quarterbacks in the NFL. So I spent the other night ranking each quarterback from 1 to 32, starting quarterback. That does, Like I mentioned before, that does not include Joe Flacco, and that does not include Nick Foles. Um, so I went through each starting quarterback, 1 to 32. These are my rankings. People are going to disagree with me. That's fine. You know, you're all entitled to your own opinions. I'm sure people will have... Know, maybe they'll have Sam Darnold higher than I had him, or maybe they'll have Eli Manning higher than I had him, or Tom Brady higher, you know, whoever. Um, so here we go. Um, I'll start at the bottom. I'll start with number 32. The worst quarterback, starting quarterback in the NFL without question is Blake Bortles. Jacksonville made a huge mistake giving him an extension, and now they need a quarterback for next year. Um, Blake Bortles is done. I mean, this guy at best is a backup. I don't even know if he is a backup. He might be a third-string quarterback. I mean, he he's just not good. He makes terrible decisions with the football. You know, Jacksonville made the AFC Championship game last year because their defense was so dominant. You know, Blake Bortles is so bad. I mean, this is why Jacksonville struggled this year. You know, and now they're going to have to go get a Nick Foles, a Teddy Bridgewater, a Joe Flacco. They're going to have to go all in and get one of these quarterbacks if they want this team to be successful. So for me... He is definitely um, the worst. Uh, Number 31 for me is Andy Dalton. Now, Andy Dalton had some success early in his career, got to the playoffs, couldn't win anything. Um, But he's had some injuries. He broke his thumb, I think, twice. Um, You know, he has A.J. Green, but I really just have not liked the way he's played the last few years. Now, granted, he's going to get a new coach. That could certainly help him. Marvin Lewis was a defensive guy for a long time. He was there way too long. Um, He does have a bit of a running game with Joe Mixon. Um, A.J. Green is there, but A.J. Green does get hurt a lot. So some things, you know, going into Andy Dalton's career, it's not really his fault. I just think Cincinnati is not a great team. They're not really a great organization. I also think Andy Dalton's overrated. I think he gets way too much respect from a lot of the people out there. Um, I just think Andy Dalton's not that good. Um, number 30 for me is Case Keenum. And the reason I have Case Keenum above Andy Dalton is because Case Keenum has made the NFC Championship game. Um, Andy Dalton has never made it past the first round, I believe. So for Case Keenum, obviously he left Minnesota to go to Denver. Um, Denver did not have a great season. They obviously hired a new head coach, as I mentioned. Um, I do not believe he'll be the starting quarterback next year. I, as I said before, they're probably going to bring in Flacco or Foles. John Elway's had a big problem with quarterbacks. You know, he had Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, brought in Mark Sanchez at one point. I mean, 
A lot of pressure on John Elway. I think he gets a pass from a lot of people because he was the greatest quarterback to ever play for that organization. And I don't think he deserves a pass. I think he deserves a lot of criticism for bringing in Case Keenum. Case Keenum, to me, was a product of a great offensive coordinator in Pat Shermer. I think if the Giants brought in Case Keenum, maybe Case Keenum would refine his magic. I'm not saying he would, um, but maybe. Uh, but I think Case Keenum right now is a backup quarterback and a good one, a good backup quarterback, and that's really what he is. Um, the next quarterback for me, and this might surprise you, is Marcus Mariota. Um, I was really disappointed in Marcus Mariota this season. You know, Tennessee finished, I believe it was 9-7, and seven, but they were very fortunate to finish 9-7. and seven. I mean, they almost lost to the Jets. Um, Marcus Mariota just, he's not that good. I mean, he, he's, he gets hurt a lot, which I think a lot of people expected because he runs out of the pocket a lot. His arm strength isn't great. Um, he also did not play in the play-in game, in the playoff play-in game, excuse me, because he had a sprained ankle. I, that's just soft. I'm sorry. I mean, I think Tennessee needs a new quarterback. As I mentioned, Kyler Murray could be an option for them in the draft. Um, I think Denver, I mean, excuse me, uh, Tennessee has some good pieces. You know, they've got Derrick Henry at running back, who I like. I think Corey Davis at receiver is not a bad option. Um, Delaney Walker is going to come back from injury. He'll be the tight end going forward. They've got some good offensive linemen. Um, I think defensively, they've got a couple of pieces. They still need more. Um, Adoree Jackson has not really worked out there yet. He was the cornerback from USC. So I think Tennessee needs more. But I would not be surprised if they went ahead and took Kyler Murray. Um, just to see, I'd be very curious to see Kyler Murray run the same offense as Marcus Mariota and see if he would do a better job because I'd probably take Kyler Murray. Um, the next quarterback for me is interesting. I went with Lamar Jackson, and he's a rookie, and I think he'll climb up this list very quickly. Um, but the way he played in that playoff game against the Chargers was embarrassing. I mean, he had, I believe, minus two yards through three quarters. Um, his arm is a problem. He's not accurate. Um, he's a great runner of the football and a great athlete. Um, you know, he was being compared to Michael Vick for a long time, but his accuracy is nowhere near where Michael Vick was. I mean, Michael Vick was the king of Atlanta. You know, Michael Vick was on planet, you know, Mars. He was on cloud nine, whatever you want to call it. You know, Lamar Jackson has a lot of developing to do. And I thought John Harbaugh made a good decision to go with Lamar Jackson over Joe Flacco because Joe Flacco really was just boring. And, um, I think Lamar... Obviously, he had some success. He won, I believe it was six in a row. But he was just not good in that playoff game. Um, so I definitely think Lamar Jackson, as I mentioned right now, you know, he's not anywhere near the top. He's 28th on my list. But eventually, I think he will climb up there and, you know, as soon as next season. Um, number 27 for me is Ryan Tannehill. Um, Miami has already come out and said that they're going to rebuild. Um, Adam Gase left. He got fired. And in his press conference today, they had asked Adam Gase why things didn't work out in Miami. And basically, in between the lines, he was saying that Ryan Tannehill was a bad quarterback. He is. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, to me, is just a better version of Sam Bradford. He gets hurt a lot, hurts his knees, his ACLs a ton, he can make accurate throws, but he also makes some really bonehead decisions and costs his team a lot of games. Um, 
I don't think Ryan Tannehill is a franchise quarterback. I think he's a good stopgap for like a year or two, and then, you know, you move on. And that's the way I look at it for Ryan Tannehill and the Dolphins. I do not believe he'll be the quarterback of the Dolphins much longer. Um, next on my list might surprise a lot of people. Um, number 26 on my list is Kirk Cousins. And, you know, Kirk Cousins, um, you know, was disappointing this year, to say the least. You know, obviously he, he was in Washington. He wanted all the money. He was down to the Vikings and the Jets, and he chose Minnesota because it was a better chance to win. As a Jets fan, I am so glad that Minnesota paid Kirk Cousins because Kirk Cousins is awful. He makes poor decisions. I never thought he was that good in Washington. There's a reason the Redskins didn't make the playoffs, and it's because he could never make big throws. You know, he has that famous video where he goes, you know, you like that? Yeah, that's great and wonderful. But you know what I like? Guys that win football games and go to the playoffs. Guys that can get to a Super Bowl. And guess what? Kirk Cousins couldn't get there. Case Keenum got there with essentially the same team. Now, granted, the offensive coordinator changed and his coaching staff changed a little bit, but Case Keenum got there. I mean, what does that say about Kirk Cousins, you know? So I just, I did not like that signing. I, I feel for Vikings fans. I really do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's where I'm at with Kirk Cousins. I mean, I, I'm so glad that as a Jets fan, we don't have to deal with all that guaranteed money and all the complaining. I mean, there was, I don't know if any of you watched the last game of the season for the Vikings, but him and Adam Thielen got in a huge fight. Now, Adam Thielen's one of the best receivers in football that nobody talks about. I mean, this guy comes to work every day, puts on his hard hat, and makes phenomenal plays. I mean, one after the other. And, um, you know, unfortunately for Minnesota, they missed the playoffs this year, which I think clearly did not meet expectations. So, um, you know, obviously he's their franchise quarterback going forward, but it's a problem. Number 25 on my list is Mitchell Trubisky, the quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Now, Trubisky, I don't think, had a bad year. The Bears made the playoffs. I think his problem is he struggles on the road and he turns the ball over a lot. He needs a great running game. He has a couple of good ones in Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. Um, I think he could use some more help at receiver. Not that his receivers were bad this year, but I think he could use a really big name like Antonio Brown. You know, I think a lot, every team could use Antonio Brown, but imagine you put Antonio Brown on Chicago with that defense— I mean, it'd be a great story for them. You know, Matt Nagy did a great job there. And I think Trubisky, again, is another guy that'll end up rising up the list at some point. But right now, I have him at 25. Uh, 24 on my list is Josh Rosen. You know, Josh Rosen is a young quarterback. He was he had a, a subpar rookie season, and most of it was because his offensive line couldn't protect him, and he didn't have anyone to throw to. And I think a lot of it was because Mike McCoy was a terrible offensive coordinator. Um, now that he has Cliff Kingsbury there, I think Josh Rosen's going to really start to climb a lot on this list. Um, I think Arizona, as I mentioned, will be better next year. This was just kind of a lost year for them. Um, they have some talent there. I, I think they're going to get better. I don't know if they're a playoff team, but I think they can definitely make some strides and get better for next season. Uh, 23 on my list is Alex Smith. Now, Alex Smith suffered a really gruesome knee injury that it doesn't sound like he may not recover from. Uh, I don't think he, he's going to play next season. Um, it all depends on his health. If Washington has Alex Smith healthy, they could make the playoffs. Remember, they were 6-2 and two when he broke his knee, when he dislocated his knee or whatever he did. You know, and 
I have him this low because I don't think he's the kind of quarterback that can get you to a Super Bowl. I just, yeah, he does all the little, you know, he reminds me a lot of Pennington, Chad Pennington, uh, you know, not really a strong arm, dink and dunk quarterback, you know, likes to throw the slant routes, the quick routes, doesn't really have the deep, strong arm that Mahomes and Rodgers have. And, you know, I think he could win you seven, eight, nine, maybe 10 games. He gets the first round, doesn't make the throws and you lose. Um, so that's where I'm at with Alex Smith. Um, 22 is Eli Manning. Now, Giants fans are going to say, man, Eli Manning is that low? He should be higher. Well, Eli Manning actually had a decent year this year. Um, offensive line, once again, was a disaster. They have Saquon Barkley. They have Sterling Shepard. I'm under the opinion that Odell Beckham Jr. will get traded this offseason because he is a locker room disaster. I think the Giants need help still in the trenches. Um, I think they need to re-sign Landon Collins. That's a big signing for them that they have to make. Um, But I don't think Eli Manning was really the problem. Yes, Eli Manning is not mobile. His arm isn't as strong as some of the other guys in the league. But remember, the guy's won two Super Bowls. He beat Tom Brady twice in the Super Bowl. And, you know, I think Giants fans want him to go out the right way. I think he will be their quarterback next year. Um, But after that, I think the Giants will take a quarterback out. Not in this draft, I don't think. I think... They're going to rely on Eli this year. They could take Dwayne Haskins. I'm not really sold on him. If I were the Giants, I'd probably pass, take a playmaker on defense, and then the following year, take Justin Herbert and go from there. Um, 21 for me is Cam Newton. Now, Cam Newton had a terrible year this year. I believe they lost seven of their last eight games. Ron Rivera's on the hot seat. Cam Newton complains a lot. I mean, he is just a baby. I mean, this guy, now granted, he hasn't had many great receivers, but he does have Christian McCaffrey, and he's very good. Um, Devin Funches was pretty good for them this year. But Carolina does a lot of complaining. Cam Newton just, I mean, I'm sorry. He is soft. You know, he is very, very soft. You know, if you remember when they got to the Super Bowl, he started, you know, in his presser, he started complaining. He wouldn't talk. And, you know, it was just all this moaning and complaining. I'm not a Cam Newton guy. I never have been. I never will be. Uh, 20 for me is Jameis Winston. Again, another guy who I think could climb up because now you have an offensive coach in Bruce Arians who I think could really help him. Um, you get a running game. That's going to help him a lot. Mike Evans is one of the most underrated receivers in football. O.J. Howard could be a really good tight end option for him as well. Um, if their defense could get some stops, then Jameis Winston's going to, you know, do better. You know, the offense will score more and the defense get some stops. They'll win some more games. Um, but I really like the way Jameis Winston played this year. I know he was benched early on, got suspended for four games, you know, with the Uber driver and all that. And, and then he came back. I thought he was really good second half of the year. Ryan Fitzpatrick took over for him. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think Jameis Winston's going to end up climbing up this list. Um, 19 for me is Josh Allen. Um, Josh Allen, the rookie quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. I like Josh Allen a lot. I think he's got a great arm. He actually led the Bills in rushing. How sad is that for LaShawn McCoy? Um, the problem is he's just on a bad football team. I mean, the Bills are bad. I mean, LaShawn McCoy has not been great. Um, Kelvin Benjamin was cut because he was out of shape. You know, they lost, unfortunately for them, they lost Kyle Williams, who's one of their best defensive players, to retirement. And, you know, we'll see how the Bills do. I think it's a big year for Sean McDermott and that, and that team. They, they need to start making some moves because those fans up in Orchard Park are frustrated. They want to make the playoffs. So I, I know that that team is desperate. 
Um, I'm going to go through the rest of these very quickly because we're running short on time here. 17, I have Baker Mayfield. Uh, obviously, rookie quarterback. Thought he had a great year. Um, you know, I just... I'm a little biased towards other rookie quarterbacks. As you guys know, I'm a Jets fan, so I'm a little more biased to Darnold. But I think Mayfield's solid. I always thought Mayfield was going to be the best quarterback the first couple of years. I, didn't, I never thought he had the best future. But I thought he'd be the best right away because he was the most ready. 16 for me is Matt Stafford. Um, again, another guy who really doesn't have a lot of help. Um, he's had like eight running backs in the last like 10 years. He's had 100-yard rusher since 2013. Um, you know, his receiving core is not great. Matt Patricia ruffled some feathers early. They ended up six and 10. I just don't know how that experiment's going to work. It may be time to move on from Matt Stafford. If I'm the Lions, get a lot for him now while he's still decent and, you know, start to retool and rebuild this organization. 15 for me is Jimmy Garoppolo. And obviously he tore his ACL this year, was out majority of the year, and that's why the 49ers were so bad. I don't think San Francisco is a bad team, but Jimmy Garoppolo, they're probably an eight or nine win football team. Um, you know, and the rumor is Antonio Brown really wants to play in San Francisco. That would be a great get for them at receiver um, next to Pierre Garcon and company. I think that'd be great. Um, defensively, I think they're good. They're not great. Um, I think next year's a big year. Once Garoppolo comes back from injury, it's going to be a huge year for San Francisco. 14 for me is Derek Carr. Um, rough year in Oakland, no question. John Gruden and him obviously had some issues. Um, they hired Mike Mayock, the NFL Network draft analyst, to be the general manager. But John Gruden has the last say, so what does that tell you? Um, I'm very curious to see how that really dynamic works. Um, Derek Carr needs playmakers. They traded Amari Cooper. That was, a mis- that was somewhat of a mistake. I mean, they got a first-round pick for him, but Amari Cooper ended up being you know, really good for the Cowboys. Trade a Khalil Mack. He ends up being great for the Bears. Um, what do the Raiders need? Just about every position. Um, so they're going to need some help. But Derek Carr is a great piece and a great quarterback um, when he's healthy and when he's right. 13 for me is Deshaun Watson. Um, Deshaun Watson has a really good team around him. Unfortunately, he has a head coach that has no clue what he's doing. Um, you know, he's got DeAndre Hopkins, Demarius Thomas, Lamar Miller. Um, he's got a decent offensive line. I think he could use a, you know, another tight end could help. Maybe a better running back than Lamar Miller. Not that he's bad, but maybe you could use a different one. Um, defensively, they're probably going to lose Clowney. Um, but I think defense, their defense is good enough. They need a head coach that knows what he's doing. Bill O'Brien is the problem in Houston, not Deshaun Watson. Number 12 for me is Sam Darnold. And listen, Sam Darnold, you know, didn't have, I think, a great year. He also had no help. His best receiver was out eight games with a neck injury, Quincy Anunwa. His tight end was his best receiver, Chris Herndon, who's actually pretty good. Jermaine Curse quit on the team. Robbie Anderson almost went to prison. You know, there are two running backs, Isaiah Corwell. He's a nice running back, but he's a backup, change of pace running back. Bilal Powell, career ending neck injury. Offensive line, nowhere to be found this year. Defense couldn't stop anybody, no pass rush. You had two decent linebackers, one who also took steroids. You had no secondary except Jamal Adams. Your best part of your team was your special teams, your kicker, and your kick returner, Andre Roberts. You know, so Sam Darnold needs help. 
But this kid has shown flashes that he is the franchise quarterback the Jets have been looking for since Joe Namath. I believe in Sam Darnold. I'm not sure I believe in anybody else but Sam Darnold, but I believe in Sam Darnold, and I think he'll get it done for the Jets at some point. Number 11 for me is Carson Wentz. Now, people say, why do you have Carson Wentz so high? Nick Foles has played better than him. Remember, Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate before he got injured. Before he tore his ACL, not this injury, the previous injury, he was an MVP candidate. The Eagles were 6-0. and And then he got injured. Carson Wentz, I think, is going to come back next year and remind everybody in the NFL that this is his team and not Nick Foles' team. So that leads me into my top 10. Number 10, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's been a steady all his whole career. Atlanta had a bad year this year. had a lot of injuries on defense. Um, he's got some great offensive help, though. Uh, Cole, Tevin Coleman. Um, he has Devontae Freeman, who both of them, Freeman was injured most of the year, and Coleman's a free agent. Um, Julio Jones, great receiver. Um, they drafted Calvin Ridley, also another very good receiver. Muhammad Sanu, great receiver. The issue with Atlanta last year was their defense just got too many injuries. I also don't think Dan Quinn's a great coach. Um, but I love Matt Ryan as a quarterback. Number nine, Jared Goff. Rams had a great season. They're still going. Um, he has Jared, Todd Gurley to help him. That opens up the lanes for him. Um, Cooper Cup obviously is out with injury. It's a big loss for them. Brandon Cooks has been great. Um, I think Jared Goff is really, really good. I think him and Wentz are, are you know, when they were drafted together, I don't think you could have gone wrong either way. I preferred Wentz personally, but I think both of them are very, very good, and they're both franchise quarterbacks. So I think I don't think either team would have gone wrong. Um, number eight for me is Ben Roethlisberger. Obviously, won two Super Bowls. He's had a lot of drama the last few years with Brown and Bell and, and, and all that jazz. Mike Tomlin's been an issue recently. The rumor is Roethlisberger might retire at some point soon. You know, he thought about it last year, said, I'm going to come back. Does he retire this year? I don't think so. I think he'll go another one. Um, but he's one of the all-time greats. I mean, there's no question. He's such a unique quarterback with his size, his arm, the fact that he breaks so many tackles. I mean, he, that guy takes a beating. So I give him a lot of credit. Um, number seven for me is Phillip Rivers. Now, Rivers would be higher if he had won a Super Bowl, but he's lost to Tom Brady eight times. Um, Rivers, I also don't... I like Phillip Rivers, but he also throws the ball like a girl. Um, but Phillip Rivers is obviously a great quarterback. He's been with the Chargers a long time. Um, he was drafted out of NC State. I remember him and Eli Manning switched teams. I think it's worked out for, the, for both teams. I think even though the Giants won two Super Bowls and the Chargers haven't, um, I still think the Chargers fans love Phillip Rivers. I don't think they would, they would trade back for Eli Manning. I really don't. Um, number six for me is Andrew Luck. And obviously when he's healthy, he's a great quarterback. Um, obviously with some guys nearing retirement, he'll probably crawl up the list a little more. Um, but he's a great quarterback. His arm strength is great. The fact that he gets beat up and he still plays is tremendous. He came off a bad shoulder injury and won comeback player of the year. I mean, he, he's got a great story. There, there's no question his ability and his talent. So that leads me to my top five. Uh, number five for me, Russell Wilson. You know, here's a guy who, small guy out of, out of Wisconsin, NC State. You know, he played at two different schools. Came in really small, drafted in the third round, and Won a Super Bowl really quick. You know, his defense was great. They blew out Denver. And then, unfortunately, Pete Carroll made a mistake from them winning another Super Bowl. He should have gave the ball to Marshawn Lynch, but he didn't. He tried to throw it, and they threw it behind. Uh, I don't remember who the receiver was. They threw it behind him and went right to Malcolm Butler. 
But Russell Wilson's a great quarterback. He's a typical franchise guy that you want. He answers all the right questions, says all the right things. Um, he's really a great quarterback. Number four for me is Aaron Rodgers. Now, Rodgers is the most talented quarterback I've seen um, in a while. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is in that discussion as well. And um, Aaron Rodgers, just he's able to move out of the pocket, makes all the throws. I mean, he's, how many Hail Marys have we seen with this guy? Did it on Monday Night Football with the replacement refs. He did it in the playoff game against Arizona. Did it on Thanksgiving against Detroit. I mean, he's, he really is a phenomenal quarterback. Um, he's just the hardest guy to coach in the NFL. Um, number three for me is Drew Brees. And Drew Brees is probably my favorite quarterback, other than Sam Darnold, of course. But Drew Brees, you know, well-respected, a lot of class. Great organization, won a Super Bowl, could win a second Super Bowl, um, always puts his teammates first. He's, it's never about him. It's always about everybody else, and that's what I love about Drew Brees. Number two for me is Tom Brady. Um, Tom Brady is still the GOAT. Yes, I don't have him number one, but he is the greatest of all time. He is, he's won five Super Bowls. I don't think he's retiring till he wins seven Super Bowls to pass Montana. I think that's what he wants to do. He's got a great coach in Belichick, a great offensive coordinator in McDaniels. It doesn't matter what weapons this guy has, he figures it out. And my number one quarterback, in case you haven't figured it out right now, is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is special. He reminds me of Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, that gunslinging backyard football quarterback who throws it left-handed, sidearm, behind the back, no look. I mean, he, he can do it all. I mean, he's got so much talent. I mean, he, just his ability to read a play, read off a safety, it's really tremendous what he's able to do. The fact that they got him at the 10th pick was an absolute steal. And I'm not sure how some of these other teams are feeling, but, man, I would be so pissed if my quarterback didn't work out and Patrick Mahomes was taken in that draft. Um. But anyway, those are my franchise quarterback rankings. Um, obviously, you're all entitled to your own. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of questions about mine, and that's fine. Some people probably have Mayfield higher than Darnold because he had a better season. That's fine. Some people may have Eli Manning higher because he's won two Super Bowls. That's fine, too. You're all entitled to your own opinion. So that concludes Episode 9 of the Straight Up Sports Podcast. Um, just a reminder, you can get this on iTunes as well as Google and Spotify. It's also on my Instagram and my Twitter, um, which is at Schaefenbake. That's at S-C-H-A-E-F-F, the letter N, and then Bake, B-A-K-E. Later this week, I'm going to be doing an, M an NBA trade deadline special with the trade deadline just three weeks away. Uh, we'll be looking at buyers and sellers, teams in the middle of the pack, who needs to go and who needs, who is that one player away from winning a championship and possibly taking down the Golden State Warriors. So I thank you for listening. Uh, I'm Andrew Schaefer, and this is Straight Up Sports.